0: The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic and I'm Mike, and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode four hundred and five, Mr. Samich. <laughs> Huzzah! There we go, Kentucky <laughs> Downs. We are back. Uh, as several people have commented, are concluding to comment. Uh, continue to comment. Kentucky Downs is a tough track. We said this at the start, Mike. You only have to hit it once to make up for it, but but yet that you might only hit it once.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at yesterday's late pick five, paying over six grand, completely hittable, right? I mean, there's just there's sequences that pay out big bucks for cheap, not for a, a low for a low denomination. That fifty cent pick 14 percent takeout. You got big fields, big prices, and a lot of directions you can go in a lot of these races. Ironically, we say that. Four races that we pick could all chalk out here. We could have favorites win each one of these legs. It's tough to get around a couple of them. We're going to try our best to do so. I'm throwing one of them out. You got to try and get a little bit creative, but this is a sequence where you got to also be careful because you don't want to be putting together a $200 pick four ticket, a $100 pick four ticket when you have these type of sequences where it could easily chalk out here. So you got to be a little creative in how you're structuring this thing.
0: It was, uh, you know, kind of sad that the rough weather that they had in Kentucky uh, that forced them to cancel and move some cards around. But that does make it so, you know, this Saturday card, assuming they get to run because I know they're expecting rain on this Saturday, too. But you've got excuse me, you got million, which was the feature race last week. That's race five. Kentucky Towns on Saturday. Um, there's two Breeders Cup winning and races, both of which we're going to be covering. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I went with a thirty six dollar ticket. Yours is twenty four dollars. We're going a little short here. We, we try and do that with Kentucky Downs. But uh, if you're watching, let, let us know in the chat, you know, what horses that you like. I know that the, when we did the preview for the opening day Thursday show, uh, or th- Thursday card, I should say, I think if you just used the chat, we would have put together a winning ticket. Because the chat was pretty on point with these races, Mike.
1: Yeah, I think Nick Feldman particularly crushed it. I think he had three of the four winners uh, on top of that he gave out there. So, oh. yeah, like, look, this is a great one to look at opinions, why someone likes horses, because there's a lot of directions you can go in these Kentucky Downs races.
0: All right, we're going to take a look at the late pick for Kentucky Downs on Saturday, September 10th. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. All right, Mike, here we go. Kicking off the late pick for Kentucky down Saturday, September 10th. Race nine is the grade two million dollar turf sprint for 12 older males. Three also eligible in here. They're all going six furlongs as a Breeders' Cup win. you in for the turf sprint. And this is interesting because when they go six and a half, Mike, they had that little jaunt to the right before the big sweeping left. When they go six, they're pretty much starting on top of the turn. So you would think a horse like Arrest Me Red, who's your nine to five favorite, drew all the way in post 12, You'd think that'd be a bad spot for him, but Wesley Ward's excited about it. Are you?
1: No, no, I'm not. And I, I, I think that this might just be part of Wesley Ward trying to talk himself into being okay for this because, look, I don't – I'm not going to use the wrestling right here. you got to throw out one of these favorites in my mind or at least try and get creative to get around them. You have four heavy favorites in four races, all of which are deserving favorites too, like a wrestling right on paper – is probably the best horse in here, but I think there's a couple more interesting prices that you can use, and I'm not going to play all four favorites. i got to pick one to try and beat, and to me, Arrest Me Red, coming out of the 12th post, who wants to be forwardly placed, and there's a lot of other speed in this race, can hang this horse wide that entire turn. Speed is a little tough, especially at this six-and-a-half furlong distance. I'm just hoping that the wall hits this horse coming down the lane and we're able to get to someone to run by him in that last half furlong.
0: Listen, this is the very last horse that made it onto my ticket. This I was at 24 and I went to 36 adding this horse on because Wesley Ward seems excited not only about this horse's post, which I think might be a little BS, but it says he's got him fully cranked and sitting on a big one. Irad's going to hop aboard um if you were going to take a shot against a favorite take a shot against him that you know the post is very dangerous for him or very uh, detrimental to him i should say uh topic for me i don't know about you mike i'm going with the number two chewing gum at five to one i thought this horse has a really great draw here second off the layoff after a loss to a really tough sprinter in filo di ariana uh, last time out which you by the way had filo winning that race um rosario's picking up the mount here he was last year's leading rider at kentucky downs he only shows up for a few days the big days this is a very big one, Mike. I think he's sitting on a big one. This horse broke the maiden going a mile over the course. So we know that can handle kind of the quirky layout. And you forgive him for the terrible effort in this race. Last year, he was buried in post 10, which again, led me to want to play against Arrest Me Red originally. I think this inside two post for him saving ground is perfect. Yeah, I looked at chewing gum for a while. Um, The
1: price to me is just a little too short in this size of a field. I feel like he should be 10, 15 to one range versus the five to one range. I think with Rosario and Mott, he's going to take quite a bit of money. And I go through it and like you try and find a race that's good enough to win it. Really, the Jiper that he ran back in 2021 could beat this field. Uh, outside of that, there's just not a ton. And then the other races were like, oh, that one, maybe he lost to Arrest Me Red, who I'm not going to use. So uh, for me, I decided to go a couple other directions and get a a little bit more creative here. I ended up with a five, Arzak on top. Uh, I guess not really much more creative since it's nine to two versus (laughs) five to one. Uh, But Arzak's race, the last one I thought was, was sneaky good, running a good fourth behind Golden Powell, was making up ground late. Thin White Duke came back to win out of that race. Um, you go back, two back, loses the hill in, at the Highlander, and it's a tough loss, really. Came from off the pace, broke from the 11 post that day, and gets nailed by Bound for Nowhere in the last few strides. I, there's some races here that all fit. I like what this horse has done since he's turned four. This is a not this time, one of those sires that I really like. Uh, three, Four good efforts, four solid efforts since turning four, and I like the fact that we tried a mile a couple times. So I'm not as concerned about this six and a half furlong distance. I want this type of running style in this spot with a horse coming from off the pace. And I like the fact that Kimura, who's your best jockey in, 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 in Toronto at Woodbine, comes down to ride this horse today. So give me the five Arzak on top.
0: Yeah, pretty notable as well. On uh, my second pick in here, I went pretty chalky. I went about uh, two five twelve here, but uh, you also uh, you mentioned that he lost to Bound for Nowhere by a length, and Bound for Nowhere be a very short price in this race. He was less than a length behind Golden Pal last out. What is Golden Pal if he's at Kentucky, back at Kentucky Downs? You know, so uh, two very very good Wesley Ward sprinters that he faced, and he's got to face another third one here in rest Rescue Red. But I feel like of those three, maybe this is his best chance. Uh, winning, yeah, I definitely don't hate that. And like you said, uh Kimura rode him twice to victory at Woodbine and then almost won the Highlander two back when for Nora uh beat him. So like I said, I'm two five twelve. Uh where else are you going in this race?
1: I got a little crazy after that. I went I went with horses that are 10 to 1, 15 to 1, and 12 to 1 here in this spot outside of outside of the five. We'll start with the nine, front run the Fed. Uh, this is another horse that likes Kentucky Downs. I mean, you go back and you look at that that turf sprint. Though I actually thought that was actually a pretty good race from this horse, ending up only ending up only three lengths behind Gear Jockey that day, you got a ninety six buyer. But if you go back to the turf sprint two years ago in two thousand and twenty, uh, just misses to Imperius by a neck, and that's when Imperius was a monster. Uh, so two very good races over this track in my mind. We're getting third off a layoff for this six year old. I like what this horse has done the last two. It was able to win and then runs behind Casa Creed and the grade one four-star David a mile. I think the 6.5 furlong fits well. I like the 15-to-1 price. I like the fields we're coming out of. I like the, the consistency that we've seen from front-run of the Fed. I think he'll be right there. I'm hoping that we can get a nice price there at 15-to-1 on front-run of the Fed. Do you even consider front-run of the Fed or that was a total pass for you?
0: Uh, to me, there's one race where I can point and say, hey, this is the one where he could win. And it was when he was on six at Colonial Downs going five and a half. I don't think this is a good spot. I don't think the fact that Chad Brown gave up on this horse, you know, last year, this used to be a Chad Brown, Klarevich horse, and they just gave up on him. Uh, you go to Carl Mari, who's, you know, 16% on the year. He's not a graded stakes type trainer. He's not a breeders cup, you know, turf sprint style trainer. So I, I think this is too, he's in too far over his head here.
1: That's fair. Um, next up for me was a seven Gregorian chant. And this is another I horse, not use that horse. i horse. Well, look, this to me is a good fit for this horse. I, well, I like this horse going longer, but the fit here is what's key. The six and a you half. You thought he was furlong. a good
0: fit in the Jiper too. I'm never going to let you live that down. I,
1: I thought he was a good fit in the Jiper too. Yeah, I know that. I know that. That's okay though. That's okay. Cause we use Casa Creed in that spot. We had the winner. Um, look, the <laughs> six and a half furlong distance hits Gregorian chant right between the eyes. We're talking about distance and horses that kind of fit here. Gregorian chant does. Uh, Brand, who had beaten Gregorian chant, lost to him going a mile at Delmar last time out. This is more like a mile race, and this is the style that Gregorian chant has. The style that he has is what you are looking for to win this type of race. He likes these type of courses. He likes these little funky things. He loves the downhill at Santa Anita, for instance. And then he was going a mile and a half early in his career. Stamina is not an issue here for Gregorian chant. He can sit back and make one big run. And this is a big, long stretch where you watch these six and a half furlong races today. You just see horses get tired going that final furlong at Kentucky Downs. He's the one that can just fly by everyone if everyone is getting tired. And so I like the seven Gregorian champ because of those reasons. The last one I'm going to use is the 10 horse totally boss was the favorite last time in the prep local prep for this over at Ellis Park. the hundred thousand dollar turf sprint uh, ends up running a decent fourth. But was hung wide that day, had an inside draw and ended up wide, which is kind of wild when you actually go back and you watch the race. This is a horse that needed one in my mind. When you go back and you watch, it just looks like a horse at seven that needed one off a long layoff. It's a pretty lightly raced seven year old when you look at it as well. Twenty two starts, but only uh, the, the the this will only be his fourth start of twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. This was the target. That wasn't the target, and so for me, I think you're going to see a better effort here from Totally Boss, who again has a 101 buyer to talk about here at Kentucky Downs, has run well at the track before, so I'll, I'll take a shot at 12-1 to 1 with Totally Boss as well.
0: Boy, I, I looked at him, I'm not going to trust Florent Giroux, the guy is just riding terribly uh now this horse to me i think he's just not the, he's a step below what he was um i like your your 10 and your 7 both is hitting the board for underneath for exotics i think they're gonna be coming i just the ten's got the success over the track but i don't know we'll see what happens i didn't use charcoal um although i don't know about you I, I definitely used all in sync uh in a race we're gonna talk about later here so like i said but totally boss maybe if you had like an ortiz brother aboard i'd like him or maybe brian hernandez Laurent Giroux is kind of a difference maker for me in a bad way.
1: I don't know, man. Giroux's got at least one win today at, at uh, Kentucky Downs. Oh, did he finally get one? Okay. he got. He got I, I remember seeing his name on top because I ran second to him.
0: So he's got at least one. <laughs> he got one. All right. So he's he's off this nine there. Uh, but, yeah, plenty of different ways to go here. Uh, hey, nobody in the chat is disagreeing with us. That means we get to move on. Second leg of the lay pick for Saturday, September 10th at Kentucky Downs. This is the Kentucky Turf Cup mile and a half race here uh breeders cup when you're in for the breeders cup turf 12 older males one also eligible heavy favorite in Gufo, number eight seven to five on the morning line uh, it's crazy because we just saw him win the sword dancer two weeks ago and now he ships to kentucky downs for the first time I, he doesn't need the winning you're in you don't need the nope. money because they're already aiming at the turf classic at aqueduct so i, I don't know it, it's weird that he's here did you use him I did because it's
1: like this is, I want to play against Gufo with every fiber of my soul because you get seven to five here in a big field. But the, 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 don't confuse quantity with quality here. This field sucks. Like, this is not a great field at all, for, especially when you see what Gufo has been facing the last few. I kind of – I went short here. Arco loves this track. Arco has run four times here, two firsts, two seconds. We talked about it before. You can't leave this horse off your ticket. Gufo is clearly the best horse I, who else can use another mystery? Highest honors, like where else are you going to go in this field? That was for me the biggest struggle because I'm not playing Glenn County, I'm not playing Admission Office, I'm not playing Temple, I'm not playing Red Knight, right? And so all of a sudden you're drawing all these lines through these horses, and, and you, you really get left with Arco and Gufo. And then you look at this racetrack, and we talk about how Gufo makes his own trouble sometimes, and that's how he gets beat. You know, it, it's these funky trips that he gets. He's not going to get a funky trip at Kentucky Downs. It's like this track was made for him because he can sit way back. And not make his run until they hit the top of the stretch. He still has plenty of time to go buy all of these horses. So, uh, like, this is one of those where I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Rosario shouldn't get this horse in trouble. It should be pretty easy to keep him out of trouble, even in 12-horse field. Uh, so, it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to end up with, with Gufo on top. And I'm going to, I actually put Arco on top, but I'm going to end up with Gufo and Arco as the two horses I'm going to use because you know what? The rest of these aren't that good
0: uh i'm gonna agree with shoddy and mike i'll use Arklo over gufo those are my top two picks i mean Arklo, let's talk about this 2018 he comes here he wins this race 2019 he's second 2020 he wins it last year he's second so history dictates he's gonna win it but also like that race uh what was it the bowling green i he was my pick i had him singled in that race uh in a, in a bunch of stuff and i thought he ran the best race in that and he was coming off of a long break just had some asshole beat him uh, we're not going to name that asshole. We don't talk about it on this show, but I thought the article and it was a perfect Brad Cox. It was the perfect setup for this race. If there's an upset and I was trying to find a price play, cause I did use the chalk and all four likes here. If there's an upset, I'm going to go with the real horse red Knight. If you look at this horse's resume um, from 2021 before, so from his seven year old year backwards, that looks exactly like a Mike maker trainee going long on turf, steady performer usually gives his best in, in these spots. That was with Bill Mott. What, you never think Bill Mott going long on the turf for you know an old veteran like this in Red Knight. So then he goes to Mike Maker's barn uh, for this eight-year-old season, eight years old. They wait until July because Maker's thinking Kentucky Downs because he's the all-time winningest trainer here. He's won this race more than any trainer as well. He's got four in here. I think this is his best shot. The horse wins the Colonial Cup. You see in the notes it says steady early bid four wide. He got pinched back a little bit, and then the four-wide trip, I mean, he was basically getting popcorn from the fans at one point coming off the turn, and he won comfortably after being gone for 11 months. This, you talk about Arklow with that being a setup. This Colonial Cup was exactly a setup for this race. Now, is he good enough? We'll find out. He was second to Arklow in this race two years ago. I think he's good enough. It's just, does Arklow show up? That's the big question.
1: I wish he wasn't eight. I wish he was Five. I, you know, I wish that I could make an argument that you have upside here with this horse, right? Because you got to go back to a career best effort to, to beat both of those. Um, now, mm-hmm. the upside argument would be it's Maker. And Maker going long versus mock going long, as you mentioned, is the, is the differentiator there. Um, you get Corrales aboard, which usually is usually a pretty good sign when it's Maker. Second uh, leading
0: rider at the meet right now,
1: yeah. Nah, so I mean, there's, there's arguments that you could definitely make for Red Knight. I, I just, for me... He's a couple o and I, I don't I, I want to try and keep this ticket as short as possible. If I don't think that you can get by these two, I'm not going to try and just throw prices in to throw prices in. The one in the 10 would be my third and fourth selections, by the way, the one who won that race <laughs> the ten, another mystery who picks up Irad Ortiz and loves running at a mile and a half um, who came in second behind Red Knight last time they faced each other. Those would be the next two for me. But that kind of tells you how bad the rest of this field is. It's, those are the next two for me. Because it, it, it would take a massive improvement from Red Knight to be able to get by Arclo and then not get run down by Gufo. And that's what he'll have to do here in this stretch. And so it's just, this was just a tough race to get creative with for me. Like I even thought about highest honors for Chad Brown away in the outside, but like, no. And then there was Rogue Element that I looked at. It's 30 to one. But I, like I just kind of kept going back to the fact that Gufo and Arclo tower over this field. And you got to go one direction or the other. Now, if you want to play a press ticket here and press Arclo, that could be a way to try and make some money throughout this sequence. Cause then you're knocking Gufo out and you, and you got a shot at getting a, a middling price and making kind of making a call or decision between these two.
0: I was just looking at the uh the 12 horse highest honors because Jalen, our buddy Jalen in the chat's uh likes the 12 highest honors, 12 to one morning line with Tyler Gafflin and Chad Brown. Um, first of all, terrible name highest honors when the the it's by tap it out of a damn name, tap your feet. And You've got tap twice, and you don't use tap anywhere. That's tap, terrible. Tap, tap like that. Ta- I mean, the tappity tap tap. I, there's all sorts of fun you could have had there. Uh, listen, the horse's last four starts were all on turf. It's weird to me, and I think we talked about this horse at the beginning of the year back at Gulfstream. Mike, why did Chad Brown wait so long to put this horse on turf? Uh, I don't like that in the Grand Cartier his last time out, he went backwards against Channel Maker. It's not usually a great sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, <clears throat> that to me is the argument. It's like the, the race two back. At Churchill, a significantly worse field, right? Than this. Like, like Cellist would, yeah. would, would not be anywhere close to the favorite in this field, right? I mean, you look at like, right. even Soldiers Rising and Channel Maker, like, if Channel Maker's in here, he's the third choice. And he, he does. And we're not it. using him. Yeah, and, and we're not using him. So it's like, uh, I, I, I can't, because of the class this horse has faced the last two times, I can't use him. Now, obviously, it's Chad Brown, it's 12 to 1. So it's when you get pissed at yourself when this horse wins, right? But for me, again, it's just like, you need to there's no brace to point to and it's not like we haven't seen him on the turf enough now to say there's not going to be this massive jump that's just unexpected and that that to me is where i guess i can't find another horse i think can jump up and get these two i wish i could but to me it's there's there's significant knocks with everybody else
0: uh michael austin says i hate you I really want to go 8 12 using Gufo and highest honors. but is really good jalen Throwing around the old man comment about Uh Listen, there's a chance for an upset. We're going to, you know, I'm taking a slight shot. Mike's not going for it. But uh, I think let's see what you do here in this next one. Mike, the penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at Kentucky Downs on Saturday, September 10th. Race 11 is the grade three, $600,000 ladies sprint stakes for 12 older Phillies and Mares going six and a half furlongs. Why they go six and a half and the boys went six, I don't understand. Big favorite here, number 10, Campanelli, eight to five favorite. Wesley Ward, Ira Ortiz Jr., a multiple Group Stakes winner overseas, she's 0 for two in North American graded stakes races. Does she go 0 for three?
1: Man, this is this is tight. I, I, I do have Campanelli on top, but I think she is beatable here. I, I the the one race that wins this race wins it by open lengths. Every other race doesn't get the job done here, and that that is why she's one of those I think you can take a shot against if you want to play against her here. I do respect the heck out of Wesley Ward, and especially when you get Irad in these type of races. Those these horses normally show up, and a lot of times it doesn't really matter what figures they ran earlier. They're able to get the job done in these spots. I would expect you're going to see a very good effort from Campanelli, but you know why don't we talk a little bit about our best friend, number seven horse? She can't sing, as I'm interested in. She can't sing in this spot at fifteen to one on the morning line. Block and Loveberry uh, bringing this horse here to Kentucky Downs. This is one that's going to love that six and a half for a long distance. That, that this six and a half is going to be good for She Can't Sing, who uh, had success at fairgrounds, a really funky couple of races there, back to back, beating horses like plastic plate, Anabscan, uh, Gams Mission. Now you're cutting back in the distance. And note that they sprinted this horse the first three times that she was on turf. So they thought she was a sprinter. Then they stretched her out, had some success. And now we're cutting her back to a sprint distance, but at a place where it's a little bit more of that middling distance, right? So this is kind of like that seven, seven and a half mile type distance for a horse that can close ground late, should get the setup because there's a ton of pace in here. So I'm going to take a little bit of a shot where she can't sing.
0: She actually didn't start sprinting until halfway through her three-year-old season. you got to expand those PPs there. Yeah, well, I didn't expand them they, they actually started her out routing on turf twice. Do you want to change that argument?
1: No, because I still think they, they started her in stakes races sprinting.
0: There you go. Yeah. I uh, didn't No, Don't want anything to do with her here. Not interested in her. I think her absolute best is we know what it is, and it's not good enough to beat a lot of these other horses' best. So I'm See, not I would disagree her. with that comment. Sure enough, from a, a number
1: perspective, her best is as good as anyone in here except Champanelli's one race.
0: What else are you using <laughs>
1: i'm gonna use the three-horse jouster uh who I, I think again this is the right distance for jouster had some success uh had some success going a mile but th- i think it's just a better sprinter that's what we saw back at Keelan ran uh, six behind champanelli but that was the first time this horse was sprinting this six and a half long distance again i've been harping on this this entire show and i'm kentucky downs i'm looking for horses that i think will flourish at this six and a half furlong distance, which is a little bit longer than everywhere else. Jouster is one of those that I think will do adjust that because you're going to be able to, you have a mile pedigree that's cutting back, that has shown speed, that's improved since it got to the barn. So I I think Jouster's got a good shot in here as well.
0: I looked at her pretty close. I didn't end up using her, but um, I, you know, again, the fact that they had, she, you know, look at the splits for the daily Rose you know, 24, two, 49, one. And then she just fell right off. She couldn't sustain that. Um, it almost finished like a sprint race there. So if that's kind of what happens in this spot, where she gets to be on those early, slower early fractions, you know the sprinters are going to chase her down and get her. So I- I'm not going to use her. Uh, Campanella was my topic here. Uh, it's just a question of can she get the right trip and can she get that one race in America? Can she repeat that or? you Know her overseas efforts. Uh, I went too deep. The other horse I used, the number six, Toby's heart 15 to one. Uh, last time out in the distaff turf sprint, behind two other horses, finishes behind two of the horses in here. But first of all, creative credit is a speedster who I don't think none of us are using. I don't think I was thinking she can handle this distance at Kentucky Downs. Yeah, she went gate to wire. There was no catching her, especially when you're trying to come from five lengths off and five and a half furlong sprint. She missed second to Brooke Marie by a head. Brooke Marie is uh, one of her stable stablemates, she's you know finished behind a couple of times. Hopefully, it doesn't finish behind her here, but uh, she won the Music City Stakes here last year. So, you know, she has success over the course. Uh, that was against other three-year-olds. She was favored to do that. Uh, she was a good third in the Grade Two Monrovia to start off her 4 campaign. Again, Brooke Marie uh, went gate to wire. So, she had a winning stablemate that, or uh, she had a, a winning horse that she had to face again in Brooke Marie. But I really think this horse, you know, she's coming into her own. I think this is a track where she's not coming back into her own, at a track where she's had success. It's going to take a career-best effort. But as a four-year-old, halfway through, at a track that she loves, I mean, she's had the 92 buyer here as a three-year-old. She had a 94 earlier at Churchill Downs. It's a stretch, but it's Kentucky Downs. If, if one track can do it to her, I'm going to bank that it's this.
1: Yeah, this is a Baskitza problem with me. There's a, been a lot of quality jockeys that have ridden this horse that are in this race that are not riding this horse. Um, and so that that to me was a, a kind of a, a, white, a red flag because you've, you've had jose Ortiz on this horse you've had rosario on this horse castellano's been there Velasquez was has been there and you end up with the uh it kind of tells you <laughs> that, that the jockeys think this one is a cut below the others and so you're right you can point to that one kentucky downs race and make the same argument that she can go back to that and no horse in here besides campanelli can really tower over that but uh yeah i'm, I'm i would pass on her
0: uh, how about in good spirits, Doctor Tang? And I saw Vashon Welch also brought up the eleven horse, uh, uh, Alastair Jr. Six to one with Johnny Velasquez. Uh, what do you think about this horse?
1: I didn't end up using this horse, but I, I do think it's interesting. Um, the, for me, the problem was like how how is in good spirits going to win? I guess you, you point back to the Lady Secret where this horse won and say, okay, we're going to try and stalk um, from that outside post, kind of sit behind the speed and be able to make a run. Yeah, it's definitely possible because my power flickers on and out. I'm not sure how we still have internet, but we'll take it. Um, it's definitely possible that, uh, yeah, you see the light go off. <laughs> uh, it's definitely possible that the In Good Spirits can get it done here. The six to one price is what what kind of caught me off guard. I, I, I was looking for something bigger than that on her. Um, but I, you, you got a race you can point to, right?
0: Well, and it was over this track and it was the same argument I used for Toby's heart. So if, you know, I'm not going to, <clears throat> turning down the six to one price maybe hope for a little bit better than that but uh we also see what kind of money campanelli gets um but jaylen did, did, read, just as you were listing off all the jockeys that have ridden and you're like now you're stuck with the skits and jaylen says yet i read johnny v jose ortiz live through rosario and beirano and you're picking a horse ridden by Loveberry.
1: i am i uh look i don't mind love I you know and he's ridden this horse consistently. He's got three wins of the last four rides. Castellano's ridden this horse twice. He's won for two on her. So I like when it's someone like Chris Block who uses Loveberry a lot. I don't mind that Loveberry comes in this for this race and, and runs here and rides here. Right? It's it's this that to me is different than when you have you know when this is really she can't sing's rider in a lot of ways. Right? It's different for me right. versus when you've had eight nine different riders on a horse and the, the worst one is the one that's riding it again today.
0: All right, Mike, let's move on. Fourth and final leg of uh, the late pay four at Kentucky Downs Saturday, September 10th. Race 12 is the grade two, $600,000 Franklin Simpson stakes. 12 three year old boys plus four also eligible, going six and a half furlongs. You've got another big favorite here, the number six, Big Invasion, eight to five favorite. uh Finished second on debut. And then all he did after that in January, six straight scores, including uh five in stakes, all of them in turf sprints. At some point, the bubble's going to burst on this horse, you would think. But he's already beaten a lot of these horses before and beaten them pretty good. He's got the most weight, but I, I really don't know that there's... How do you put? How do you take a shot against this horse? He's my top pick.
1: It's interesting we talked about jockeys recently, like last race. Um, we had this argument on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, that there's a, we had a ton of comments about Rosario and his don't-fall-off rides. Two of his <laughs> don't-fall-off rides in stakes races were on big invasion. I mean, he... Did not have to do anything to win both of those stakes races over, on Big Invasion over that, during that Saratoga meet. Uh, the grade three quick call and then the, the Mahoney for 150,000. Big Invasion was dominant, isn't even like dominant is an insulting Big Invasion of how easily <laughs> he won both those races, both in total hand rides. And a lot of the horses he's coming back and facing, they're all here and they're not going to beat him, right? So you have to pick a new shooter if you're going to take a chance. I'm going to get kooky here. Give me the three. Tejano Twist is my other horse I'm going to use in this spot. Um, yep, I figured that would be the face i get, but hear me out. I don't want anyone else who's faced Big Invasion. That eliminates about half the field. I don't have any interest all in All-In-Sync. I don't have any interest in Call Me Midnight. who are coming out of the Ellis prep for this, so that takes those two out. Tejano Twist, last time out, was only a second time over a turf course. Went a mile at Ellis. I thought ran a sneaky good race behind Gray's Fable and against older horses. Now we're getting back to three-year-olds. We're cutting back. We got a chance to improve big time. I'm hoping we can take a step forward here with a, with Tejano, Twist, and Hartman. I'm only going to go too deep. I'm going to use the one bomb price. This is only the third time in this barn. They went to the max field and then went right into a second stakes race with it, so they think highly of it. I'm hoping this six-and-a-half furlong on the turf is what hits Tejano, Twist, right between the eyes here, and we can get a huge bomb home. I have no interest in playing one at a short price here because of Big Invasion and how good he is.
0: Okay. I'm still trying to wrap my head around Tejano. If you were going to tell me that you were going to use a horse that faced epicenter on the Kentucky Derby Trail in this race, this is not the one I would have thought you were going to mention. I really would have thought you would have used Call Me Midnight or something. Uh, Wow. Okay. Didn't see that coming. Um, Next up for me is going to be the five all in sync. Uh, Steve Asmussen is the only one for 14th meet. I know. Steve Asmussen on the turf. but. Horse brings a two race win streak into this, uh, including last time out in the turf sprint stakes, which is a prep for not this, but for race nine that we covered earlier. And who did he beat? Charcoal, who's in that race. Totally boss who you used in that race. This is a three year old in his turf debut who beat older horses at Dallas Park in a prep for a Breeders Cup win. And you're in he's in this race at 10 to one. I'm getting Brian Hernandez junior aboard um, who's 16 percent normally for Steve Asmussen. So I really think this horse is sitting on a big one at 10 to one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're picking up four pounds. You were 20, tw- 23 to one in that spot. Like I, that that screams fluke to me here. Where you, you like that that specific race, especially since the favorite had trouble. Like, it just yeah, I get it. I get why. I, I think you need like thirty to one. I honestly, on all instinct, to be able to to make an argument to play him, and that's that's the main reason I didn't end up there.
0: That's fair. Uh, next one for me, I went with the number ten asymmetric eight to one. Uh, you know, one of the <laughs> he's faced and lost to Big Invasion twice. Why yeah. does Wesley Ward keep put him in against big invasion if he thinks that he's just gonna keep losing? Uh, we're getting Irad Ortiz Jr. back aboard. If you watch the Paradise Creek, the horse was extremely rank. ride just let him go, took the blinkers off. That wasn't a great move for him. They try and return back to the when Jamie Spencer gets aboard for the quick call, it went back to the horse's original running style when he was so successful at two sprinting overseas, which is to come from the behind. Problem was there just wasn't enough to, to try and get down, and he let Big Invasion get way ahead of him, and that was the big problem. Iran is not going to let Big Invasion get the jump on him. He's going to make sure that Big Invasion's in his sights and is closer. I'm now getting eight to one instead of nine to five or five to two when he was the second choice both times. Iran getting back aboard and some nice workouts at Saratoga on the turf course after that race tells me this horse is still good. Wesley Ward's putting him in here against Big Invasion for a third straight time for a reason. There's no reason for him to keep trying to lose to Big Invasion and not go somewhere else to get a win with this horse.
1: Yeah, the two-year-old efforts at Newmarket and Dalva were excellent as well against Perfect Power, who's an elite sprinter, uh, especially in the dead two-year-old year over there in Europe. So was facing phenomenal horses over in Europe. The last two efforts, it's just like you probably didn't like either ride. I mean, you, you mentioned you ran off in the first one, was too far back in the second one, kind of late to make a move you're hoping you get a middle ride, like kind of somewhere in this because you don't want the lead in this spot, but you don't also want to be coming from too far back. So yeah, look, again, this is one where I the eight to one price is what I can't handle. I, I think the horse has a shot at winning. I just think the horse is going to be overbet in this spot. Um,
0: what do you whatever, think Big Invasion goes off that realistically? Because for me with his hot streak, I'm thinking like four to five.
1: Yeah, three to five or four to five is what of my, my immediate okay. thought. So I, I bet you're getting around four to five in this spot. Because there's also no other horse that's like it's just going to pull in all the money right you've no other you don't have a second horse that's going to make this really competitive it's a lot of horses. you have to make kind of you have to come up with reasons for why you're going to talk yourself into liking them over big invasion um like coinage you could talk yourself into coinage if you really wanted to cutting back in distance and saying oh well you know this six and a half furlong is going to hit this horse right between the eyes you know but for me it's just it looks so tough to beat a horse like this on paper some there's another one some people are going to use I would think that Sumter's probably going off as your second choice. Neither of us are using this horse. Uh, For me, it was the West Coast to East Coast thing. Same reasoning on your side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't want a California horse anywhere around here. Um, Yeah, no, I don't want him out here. Uh, I had one more horse I used. The last one uh, for me is the number four, Heaven Street, 30 to 1. And it's because in this entire field, one horse has has uh, experience over this track it's Heaven Street, broke his maiden here, going a mile so he can handle the course. He, ha- he actually won it by almost three lengths. So not only did he handle it, he flourished on it. He's going to be third off the bench, third time with Brendan Walsh. Something kind of funky happened with this horse where his breeder, Sienna Farms, uh, they kept RNAing him at like $300,000, $400,000 in the sales, even as a three-year-old earlier in the year in April after the Woodhaven Sticks. They put him in. Nobody wanted to buy him. They sent him to Brendan Walsh for the Mystic Lake Derby has an okay effort. They put him back in sale. This time he's purchased for $200,000 by people who agree to keep him with Brendan Walsh. Walsh sends him to Del Mar for the Oceanside. Terrible trip. Doesn't work out. Now we're going to add blinkers here, and we're cutting back to the shortest distance this horse has run in over a year. you got to go back to August 2021, the soaring free stakes. Uh, Went 6.5 at Woodbine, finished third after setting the pace. A race before that, 7.5 Indiana, which I believe is two turns, But going seven and a half was a very strong winner. So the horse has shown flashes of ability, does have that stakes win at Tampa uh, early in the three-year-old season as well. I'm adding blinkers. I'm getting a great price, and I'm getting a jockey, Vince Cheminade, who's shown, like I said, he probably would when we had the Thursday preview show last week, that he can handle riding in Kentucky Downs. So all of those factors at 30-1. to If something really crazy happens and Big Invasion doesn't fire, all hell is going to break loose. I want a long shot.
1: Yeah, right, look, I'm not going to talk you up a 30 to 1 shot. Um, <laughs> it, this horse won in the ashes in Barn over the turf. so you, that's a positive, right? Uh, look, I, I didn't use the horse. Um, you need to run back to that one race. You need something to happen, big invasion. But if both those happen, then Heaven Street has a shot. I've seen worse 30 to 1s. We'll put it that
0: way. Oh, I'm pretty sure I bat? picked worse 30 to 1s. Head to
1: head that? 30 to 1? First 30 to 1? Come on. I'm back here. We can do a bottle of tequila again.
0: Teano. Oh. Tiano, hang on. Let me look. Tiano.
1: Tiano Twist for seven. Let me, th- let me
0: think about it. Head to head. Let me think about it.
1: Think about it. What do you, what do you need to think about?
0: Listen, I'm a thinker
1: here. You mocked me for taking Tiano Twist and you picked the four Heaven
0: Street and you have to think about it. Listen, Heaven Street hasn't lost to uh, our Lord and Savior Epicenter yet. So still got that <laughs> going on for him. Uh, Mike Olsen says asymmetric is going to be four to one uh, off that eight to one. Boy, I hope not. But that's, and listen, that goes further to what Mike, you were just saying about not wanting to use it for the price
1: yeah look th- that to me is the the big issue here is like and that's why like heaven street at 30 to one i don't think is a bad horse to use if you're trying to be big invasion because you want to come up with a big crazy horse in a lot of ways That's why like i mentioned coinage who's 15 to one cutting back like but uh, to me it's just like look we've seen asymmetric not get the job done twice in a row here he's gonna get he's gonna take money with ward and Ired. they're both having a good meet over at, at uh at kentucky down so like I just don't see how this this horse doesn't end up being overbet into big invasion. And if I like big invasion, I'm not going to try and play the first and second favorites in the race. I'm going to try and play the favorite and some bomb of a price to try and blow the thing up because this could chalk out. We've said it a couple of times. This is a sequence at Kentucky Downs that's rare that does have pretty heavy favorites. I say that, and we've got a one-to-five shot right now that uh, Magic wanted to make his best bet of the day.
0: I can't ever live that. I asked two people, is this okay? You both said yes. Okay. So to be fair,
1: we didn't know the scratches when we said yes. That's true. And neither did you when you yeah. picked the horse. So
0: yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of The Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining. Mike and I to talk about Kentucky Downs on Saturday, September 10th. Remember, if you want to bet Kentucky Downs, make sure you use BetPTC. Sign up using promo code Dudes D-U-D-E-S for a 200 dollars new member bonus after you bet $750. That's betPTC.com. Promo code DUDES. We got our tickets down below. We'll give them out one last time. I'll start off going two, five, twelve with one, four, eight, with six, ten, with four, five, six, ten. That's a thirty-six dollar ticket. Go ahead, Mike. I'm gonna play a fifty cent ticket.
1: Only twenty-four bucks this time. Give me the five, seven, nine, ten with four, eight, with three, seven, ten, with three, six. For fifty cents, that'll cost you twenty-four dollars. It's a hopefully we can get a bomb home and a couple of these legs and beat a wrestling red, and then we can have a little fun with this thing.
0: I mean, even if you get one bomb in, or, or two bombs, to, to, if, if you get two chalk and then two not chalk or you get three chalk and one bomb, this thing is going to pay. You just got to find that right combination to try and connect on. Uh, Mike, before we go, I do we didn't get a chance to talk about YouTube Who Bet Daily today, uh, which, by the way, you should check out noon Eastern uh, every Wednesday through Sunday on the YouTube channel. But we didn't get to talk about our Super Bowl picks. The NFL starts tonight, and I want to get in our picks before the season officially kicks off. So who are you going with? to win the Super Bowl uh, this year? I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: I, I I have some defensive concerns. I think that they are going to be on AFU mission this season. I think you're going to see a very, very pissed-off Chiefs team based on everything that is not being said about them. Uh, you look at the experts' picks, Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. I, I think you have a pissed-off Chiefs team about what happened against Cincinnati last year. You have all this talk about Herbert in the division and Russell Wilson's in the division now and the Raiders are on the come-up getting Devontae Adams. No one's talking about the Chiefs. They're talking about how they lost Tyreek Hill and they're going to be down because of it. Uh, You're going to see a pissed-off Chiefs team. I I think Mahomes is a a very logical MVP, very live MVP uh, option at, at anywhere from eight to eight and a half to one. And I think they're going to be very, very good. The NFC, who they will play is Wide open. I'm. I'm I i do not believe in the Bucks. I think that has a, just implosion written all over it. The Rams. I think are going to have a hard time getting back. They're going to need amazing injury luck again this year. Not lose anybody. Uh, the NFC. Like you look at the the NFC Central. Like, do you really want to take the Vikings? Do you want the Packers? Like, you're not taking. You're not taking anyone from the East. So, um, I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go Chiefs. Vikings as my Super Bowl. But it, it's it's an it's a the NFC is wide open. It could be crazy. Someone we're not even talking about could win it. The AFC is going to be stacked. The AFC playoffs are going to be phenomenal.
0: Uh, so looking at tennis's chat, uh, said so Aaron and Jared both went the 49ers versus the Chiefs. Aren't the 49ers starting a rookie quarterback this year? A second-year quarterback, but don't worry. He played four games in college.
1: Yeah they're, start, they're, yeah, they're starting They're starting. Trey Lance. Now, to be fair, the last time we saw Shanahan with a rushing quarterback was RG3's rookie season. And he was phenomenal, makes the playoffs, blows out his knee that year in the playoffs, or else we don't know how far they would have gone. And Trey Lance is much more built than RG3 is. So you're going to see a lot of those, those Washington-style plays that Shanahan was calling in this San Francisco system. My problem is, look, I watched Trey Lance every single snap of this preseason I would rather have me throwing the football than him right now. And I if it was the preseason, so you could you could see a completely different turnaround. But from a passing perspective, I just have not been impressed with Trey Lance.
0: Yeah, that's I'm going to pass on uh, on the 49ers there. Uh, that's a guy who played one season in North Dakota State. It's going to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. Uh, no, thank you. I'm actually going to pass on the Chiefs. Now I do like the Chiefs. I do like the Chiefs. That's not a bad pick. I think uh, I think the AFC uh, conference championship is definitely a realistic goal for them. Don't call me a homer. I'm sitting here wearing the Rams jersey. The well, Super you're not Bowl. you a Rams
1: fan, so I can't. Call the you Super
0: Bowl that. is staying in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's staying at SoFi Stadium. Not with the Rams. The Chargers are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. I think Justin Herbert, third year, this is when he's gonna peak. This is like a horse that's in its prime third off the bench, like aiming right at this big race there. Um, the defense I think has been improved. The offense is looking pretty good. Uh, doing some research for my fantasy draft. I was like, I think the chargers are looking uh very good. They also opened it, I think they were 28 to 1 and they're down to like 16 to 1, 14 to 1, a lot of markets, so they're catching a lot of steam. As the season's about to start. So I'm going to go San Diego and I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to face them, or say San Diego, LA Chargers uh, versus the Green Bay Packers. But I think San Diego, Green Bay was a Super Bowl when you and I were kids, wasn't it? Didn't the. We'll have Hard. to look that up. I want to say that the Chargers and Packers actually played each other for the Super Bowl once. Possible.
1: I mean, you get I know the Chargers always choked it off. Like with. Uh, it, there Norm, was like one or two years. When they had Tomlinson and Breeze and they were like, yeah, but I, they. Because they went went like 13 3 or 12 4 back to back years, and they never got to the Super Bowl. They choked it off in the first round or in the conference finals, I think it was those two years. All
0: right. Um, Well, listen, the the Packers come out of what I think is traditionally the worst division in football. So I always think they're going to have a pretty easy ride through the season. Uh, Old man Aaron Rodgers, if you can stop pissing people off enough through 17 games to keep the team together, I think they got a great chance.
1: Ah, uh, this, I, I don't like this Packers team. I, they lost his area Smith, which is one of their main key pass rushers on defense. He's in Minnesota. You've got all these wide receivers that are just massive question marks. We're going to see Aaron Rodgers going to earn his paycheck this year. Cause there is no Devonte Adams to go to. And when you didn't have Devonte Adams, he did struggle a little bit in getting the ball to the other receivers. I'm going to be interested to see how good Dobbs is. It's a, a, a wide rookie wide receiver. There's a lot of talk about in camp. We'll see if he's able to step forward and kind of get the job done for them. Um, I like the Vikings to win that division, though. I, I think that offense is going to be scary by mm. middle of the year because they've got a ton of talent. Justin Jefferson, probably the best offensive player, non-quarterback in the NFL. Thielen's healthy right now. We'll see how long that lasts. You got Delvin Cook. Um, I mean, Kirk Cousins. Whatever you want to feel about him, he can he can distribute the ball when they're wide open receivers and he's not getting too much pressure and he shouldn't be on his back very often. So I, I, I'm going to go with the, the Vikings in that division. I, I don't I'm, I don't trust the Packers this year. I think this is going to be where it starts to fall apart a little bit for him.
0: What a compliment for a quarterback. You know, he can throw the ball pretty well to wide open receivers when he's not getting much pressure. But he's know. got wide
1: open receivers. Look, Carson Wentz would love me to say that about him, okay? Like, there's there's definitely other people that uh, – other quarterbacks that do not fit that bill. I mean, Joe Flacco was starting week one. Like, let's just think about that for a second. Yeah.
0: Super yeah. Bowl winning quarterback. Joe yeah, Flacco a decade ago. University of Delaware. Correct. Random. Um, okay. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're going to get out of here before the race goes off. It's 10 minutes to the post. Sharp as attack is one to five. You have a clear second choice, the five horse at five to two private creed. I saw Jalen was talking about it, and Dennis, both of them talking about it there. Uh, sharp as attack, your winner here, Mike. Yeah, I mean,
1: I thought the way to get this horse beat was a speed duel when the eight came out of this race, half a chance that kind of ruined that that possibility. Um, I do think that the four is a, a, a logistical, like logical second place horse. Getting two to one right now on the exacta. I mean, I know it sucks, but two to one cold seems pretty. Two to one for the cold two five actually seems pretty fair to me because I, I don't think the two is yeah. losing in this spot, and the five is clearly the second best horse in this spot. So, uh, if I was going to bet this race, if I was in a tournament, something like that, I would I would be playing two five cold and hope to get two and a half three to one. Because look, if I told you I had a guaranteed five to two winner at Kentucky Downs. You'd be ecstatic. But when I, when someone tells you it's a cold exacta and it's a, a one to five over a two, five to two, you're like, oh, that's an easy one. Uh, uh, uh. Like, it still pays five to two, man. Like, that's still not a bad price to get back. So, yeah, I, I would probably just hammer the cold exacta here because I don't think anyone goes with sharp as attack or sharp as tack. Um, and, you're, and the four horse, I think, is a pretty clear second choice.
0: Uh, Michael Austin says, pound of that two, five exacta. And listen, Michael's a sharp better. You don't get suspenders and ties and watches that sharp. Uh, making terrible bets on horse races. All right, that's how you you pay for those. You pay for that nice uh, attire like that with making sharp horse bets. Thanks so much for joining us. Good well, luck if you're playing Kentucky. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Before we do that, you're wearing yes. Rams
1: You want to talk about tonight's game? Sure. We got who you got? Buffalo laying two and a half right now at home against the Rams or on the road against the Rams.
0: Ooh, I'll take Buffalo. Ooh, I like your. Rams. I think gonna be. I think they're gonna be pretty fired up to come into this game.
1: I, I, I expect a good performance from both of them. You've got new offensive coordinators on both sides, although it's kind of fake on the Rams side because McVay calls the plays anyway. Uh, player prop that I really like. Okay, Allen Robinson coming into this game. He was in Jacksonville. He was in Chicago. Had terrible quarterbacks thrown to him. Had awful offensive situations. He's going to be the number one wide receiver for the Rams. Cooper Cup plays out of the slot, so he's going to be on the outside. I don't know if you've noticed what's happening right now with the cornerbacks in Buffalo, but uh, it ain't pretty, right? So they they're uh, without their, their their top cornerback Trejavius White. They're going to be starting Dane Jackson on one side, who graded as the 82nd best cornerback last year in the NFL according to PFF, and a rookie out of Florida on the other side. That's just starting two a quarters. Seventh round pick in a in a rookie out of Florida. Okay, I'm going to take
0: the Rams.
1: <laughs> so now their safeties are phenomenal. That's the one argument. So that what you're going to see is you're going to see a safety's coming down and doubling cup. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver who is big. He's going to be a red zone target for them. And it, to me, the other key here is that McVeigh, when he got Odell Beckham, fed him the ball in the red zone. Now you're going to see the same thing from Allen Robinson. It's the same type of resurrection project from a wide receiver position. And both Beckham and Robinson had that same mentality where I need the ball to be engaged. McVay is going to give him the ball early in this game. I think anytime touchdown plus one forty five is a good bet. I like the over sixty one and a half receiving yards. It might have ticked up today to sixty four and a half in a couple places. Um, I think you're going to see a couple deep shots to him. I think you're going to see multiple red zone attempts thrown to him. And I, I like the Rams in the two and a half. I wa- I'm still hoping I can get three before kickoff, um, but I, I like the Rams in this spot.
0: Yeah, you were uh, you were mentioning before. I remember on the Dudes who bet daily this morning uh, that that if it gets to uh, three, uh, Thor's hammer might come out. So I have to and bring you can, out you can buy it up right now, but it's minus one thirty-five if you buy it up. Where or, or I've seen it, if
1: it possible. Um, yeah, minus one thirty-five to buy it to three. So. If you want to do that, you can. If you're a teaser person, I don't hate Buffalo as a long teaser leg here because you're going from two and a half to eight and a half. You're going through three, you're going through four, you're going through six, you're going through seven. Um, There's a couple other good other teaser games. Like I love Seattle. I love Denver as a teaser to beat Seattle, just beat them. You're basically going from six and a half down to a half point there. You can take. Uh, you can take the Colts from seven and a half down to a point and a half against the Texans, who they should be able to absolutely roll. They blew them out twice last year. I think it was like 31-0 and 31-3 in those two games. Uh, so there's a handful of games that I think fit as teaser legs. And I think this Rams one, even though the total is high, I don't generally love to play high total teasers. I think it fits pretty well here. You also have Cincinnati at home you know, Trubisky starting for Pittsburgh, Cincinnati's laying six and a half. So you can get that one down to a half point as well. So a lot of good, different teaser leg options, even Minnesota, you can tease from plus one and a half all the way to plus seven and a half. So this is, this is one where I'm probably going to start out two or three teasers here with the Rams taking them from two and a half up to eight and a half.
0: Jason's got Rams money line. The chat is all over the Rams. That's pretty nice. Davey says, why is Buffalo so hyped all of a sudden? They were pretty finished pretty strong last year and you've got an, an improving young quarterback. It's, I think the hype is a little too high on them at this point. We think we've uh, peaked and coming back down.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got great receiving core, right? Gabe Davis kind of had a coming out party there in that that AFC title game, or AFC basically felt like the title game ended up not even being that. But the, the quarterfinal game there um, against the Chiefs, then you have two of the best safeties on the defensive side of the ball, strong defensive line, good linebackers. They they sit in nickel a lot, so you see Milano quite a bit on the, in the slot or against the tight end. He's one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL. Uh, they shored up their offensive line, brought in three new starters. So that's one, one area of, of this game to watch is Aaron Donald against a newer offensive line for Buffalo that could wreak some havoc. Uh, and then they had, they they brought in um, cook uh, a new uh, rookie running back who is supposed to be very good out of the backfield from a catching perspective. They struggled with that the last couple of years. So they've got outside of cornerback and when Tredavious white is healthy, their cornerback position is actually pretty good, but outside of cornerback, this, this roster is very well built. So they're deserving from that perspective because you know, like if you talk about the other the top talent lineups I would say right now in the NFL are, are Tampa Bay, but they're very weak at offensive line. So that, that makes me very concerned about them. You're the Chargers that you mentioned have a wonderful lineup. And then Buffalo. I mean, those to me are the three three most built out. And the Rams are good. They just gotta stay healthy again. I, they did not they're just not deep, right? I mean, that's the main thing. You lose like you you saw what I'm not worried about the elbow, man. I know Stafford's elbow, tennis elbow, all this jazz. Might need Tommy John surgery. Look, I'm betting him tonight, I'm especially not worried, right? But like you saw what happened in the Super Bowl when their wide receivers went down, it was Cooper Cup or nothing, right? And they didn't really address that because it's Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and then like they're they're talking about they're talking about starting Atwell, who's this little speedy guy out of uh, out of uh, Louisville at. The other outside position. He's like 5'6". six. He's tiny. Like he's not an outside wide receiver. So that's that's a, a big hole for the Rams.
0: Every five-six guy listening just felt a little bit
1: smaller. Mike, thanks for that. <laughs> well, look at me. Like there are not many five-six wide receivers. That's all I'm saying.
0: Playing the outside in the that's NFL. True.
1: They're more the the, the herky jerky slot guys, not the not the outside guys going up for 50 yard bombs.
0: Nick with his block of the week, it's Bengal's minus six and a half hosting the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, Steelers are. Uh, yeah, that's Mitch Trubisky. Good luck, uh, and good luck to Steelers fans everywhere. It was fun to fun to be on that bandwagon, and now I'm firmly aboard the LA Rams. Yeah, I, I would we'll definitely what, say
1: what Jason said here too. This is this is important to me. Uh, you should definitely shop around with with how much legalized gambling has moved forward here in a lot of different states. There's some awesome promotions right now. I'm talking like two thousand dollars worth of free bets that you can sign up for, and if you want to be really sneaky, you can sign up for all these different promotions and then bet the opposite side of games. So bet, you know, Atlanta plus five and a half in one place and the Saints minus five and a half in another and guarantee yourself the cash. If you get a $2,000 free bet in both places, all of a sudden you got four grand in your account and you don't have any any stipulations against it. So there's ways to be very creative to try and take advantage of these free bets. There's actually a couple of videos on YouTube about how to do it, too.
0: Well, there you go. you learn something you new every day. Uh, don't forget, Mike Sandwich will be live later tonight with Saratoga Slim. What time are you? It's a halftime show. What time are you going live, buddy?
1: So the game kicks off at 8.20. We're guessing it's going to be about 9.45. Uh, we're calling it the Slim and Samo Thursday night halftime betapalooza. Uh, so Slim's going to be giving out prop bets from over the weekend. I'm going to be giving out a couple of my best bets across the NFL. We'll be talking about the first half of this Rams-Bills game uh, and giving out what we're going to play in the second half as well and talk about how kind of how the game shape is turning out so that we're able to figure out who we want to play uh in the in the second half so make sure you check it out as soon as that halftime goes up uh what are you doing You're just go as soon as that now halftime goes it. up come on over I'm to sure youtube it. and join us on the race dudes channel
0: this is it this is the video it's, it's up there you can go wait now hang out in the chat there's a couple of people already waiting which is okay hey i mean if you want to wait that's cool uh but yeah it'll be there uh make sure you check out those guys and make sure you like the video subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes hit the notification bell you'll get alerted whenever we go live blinkers off all of the NFL stuff. So if you're into sports betting in the NFL, we've got a lot of content coming to you uh, as we ramp up towards the season. Good luck with all of your bets. Mike and I will be back next week on Monday to uh, talk about something fun, I'm sure. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.